the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. We were just sitting here talking about getting SWATs when we were in school. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, the, the worst thing my father ever did to me is I stole a candy bar. Oh. From a store down about about three blocks from where I lived in there in Hessville. We lived on 163rd. This was on Grand. And I know there's a lot of you who listen to this show that are from that area. And you know where I'm talking about. And I bought, I, 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 I had the opportunity, and I did it. And I came home, and I was sitting in the living room eating a candy bar, and my dad goes, where'd you get that? Store? Where'd you get the money to buy it? Didn't. <laughs> you know, he stood me up at that moment, right at that moment. He said, come with me. And we walked back to that store. And he made me go to the manager of the store and tell him that I had stolen that candy bar, that I had taken it, and, uh, and that I was sorry. And my, and my dad paid for it. And then I ended up having to mow the lawn for like three weeks to make up for it. But I was so embarrassed. Right. I was, I, I mean, that was a bad deal for me and i have look here i am i'm 70 years old (laughs) and i'm still talking about it i remember it and you don't steal candy bars (laughs) do you (laughs) i haven't stolen anything that i know of willingly uh now that point in in you at that young age is all it took oh i was embarrassed right and it used to be a shameful thing that you know you would it would be a shameful thing to be do something like that. And, I mean, sometimes kids do it because they're impulsive and they you this, that, and the other. I just wanted a candy right. bar. They don't expect, but you. once you start putting <laughs> consequences of any kind in that that deflects that action to something, you know, that that's negative, then that's a you good You want to know what foundation. the worst part of it was? What? My dad didn't get there, and, and there were several people standing there. Oh, no. And he didn't say, hey, can I come? Can I talk to you a moment over here? He didn't do that. Right. He walked right up to the man, and he said, my son's got something to tell you. And there's all these people standing around. <clears throat> Pile of shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wall of shame. I've never forgotten it. Well, you know, there, there are studies out that say when discipline and justice are certain and they're administered quickly, it has the proper effect. Yeah, but I'd when agree. it's not certain and it's not administered quickly, then people get the idea. Well, I might be able to get away with it, or get away with it for a good, good long time. Yeah, I don't have to worry about dying. They're saying I killed this guy, so now I got the death penalty. That's not going to happen until about twenty-five, thirty years down the road, and I'm, you know, I'm thirty years old right now. Sure, they get commuted anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But your dad, it was it was certain. It was right, and it was then. swift. <laughs> it was. It was. He, there was no ifs, ands, or buts. He said, "Come with me." That's yeah. all he had to say. And I, you know, there's nothing. Well, what do you mean? You didn't ask that question. No. 
But your dad loved you enough. Yes, he did. He loved you enough to exercise discipline and do that and because he cared deeply about you. Yeah, and the same thing in in high school and junior high when they were giving out SWATs. My 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 wife. SWATs are are paddling. (laughs) (laughs) Definition. My uh, my wife believes in that swift and quick punishment too. I know my my son and one of his friends when he was a lot younger, they they would go. They just had to learn how to drive, and they were going around knocking off mailboxes and things. Oh, like that. There you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, you know, doing the things that some kids do. Some it's light light vandalism or something you want to call it. Well, the the they they went out and they knocked down one of our neighbors was Uh-oh. a state trooper oh, no. <laughs> well he came he came out and he took the mailbox and he put it back on top of the post and i'd be doggone if those boys didn't turn around and come back and while he's standing in the yard and in his pajamas and knocked the mailbox off again <laughs> right in front of him so he jumped in his car and he he went after him and of course as they had the the haskell police they had the state troopers the sheriff department everything we're on the hill and they had him in the back car with his buddy right and it, well, when he was at, out there, he's first in the crowd, and they were they they had him out there handcuffed and everything in the road, in the middle of the road. My wife walks out. She she heard they were saying she walked right up there. And let me tell you something. All those officers just parted ways when they saw her coming. <laughs> and she walked right up to him and said, "What are you doing?" And then whap. <laughs> and that was probably the swiftest punishment but that wasn't the only punishment he went back and he had apologized to every one uh-huh. of those neighbors they mm-hmm. knocked the mailbox off and offer restitution for i think them. that yeah. i think that's the worst part that's going back and having to admit yeah i did that and then know. and then going in front of the judge and the judge was having a tough time i knew the judge did and he was i was standing back in the back and literally, I could I could see the judge. He was trying to hold back the, the <laughs> laughter, you know, especially at the description of the the, the state trooper standing mm-hmm. out there in his in pajamas uh-huh. and coming back through and knocking it over again. I I, I wanted to laugh, and t- I had to wait till I got back out in the in the car. Right. To laugh. <laughs> but anyway, my son learned a, a very a a very lesson. valuable lesson, especially this whap across the face right there and, and literally seeing the officers parting ways and leaving a path for they her. They knew mom path. was going to be worse. And they, they, they all stepped back like, whoa. Let me just tell you, my mother was five foot one. Mm. She's a small mm. lady. But everybody used to call her a spitfire. And everybody knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, she, she'd let you know that the day was that the sun didn't rise in the east that it really rose in the west but anyway uh johnny my oldest uh, brother was six four Mm. and i know what he said and i won't repeat it on the air that he said to my mother and my mother said you stand right there she went and got a chair and brought it over and got on top of the chair and slapped his mouth (laughs) now my brother didn't move uh, he did not move. Mm-hmm. None of us would have ever thought of doing anything mm-hmm. to our parents. My grandma had a good right hook. That's all I got to say. <laughs> she she was known for cutting cords off TVs. If you didn't, yeah. you weren't paying attention to what she had to say. She was known for taking cement blocks and opening up the front door if you needed to. Wow. And yeah, she she had her moments, and she was. Uh, <coughs> let's just say I'm the tamest female in my family. And that says something. But she and she did something. We were just talking about this the other day um, because mailboxes kept getting knocked off. Well, she got so darn mad about it. And they're expensive, too. Kids don't realize that. A new mailbox can be expensive, especially when you have to keep replacing it. She went out and filled it with gravel. Mm. 
and had it all taped up good. And you can imagine, I bet somebody broke their arm or a good, you know, it's a good thing. But it, that, again, shows what kids do, though, the choices they make when they're younger. And, and why, for instance, in Saline County's library, they say that you're not a minor when you hit 12 years old. Well, and, you know, I think we all recognize that minors, people that are under the age of 18, don't always have very good judgment. We've just been talking about it, right. how they don't yeah. have good judgment. And yet somehow these librarians think that these same kids that will go out here and knock over a mailbox with a state trooper standing in the yard watching them uh, somehow are going to be able to go in there and read highly charged material, look at pictures, all this other stuff that probably adults shouldn't even be looking at or messing with, but let alone a 15-year-old. And somehow the librarians think that this is a right. And I want to say to them, these are children. If adults don't protect children, tell me who will. Yeah, what's it say about us if Absolutely. we don't protect them? We are negating our responsibility if we don't protect kids from well, harm. We've been doing that for a long time and not knowing it, actually. We've done mm-hmm. with our edu- like our education system mm-hmm. and everything. We haven't known the harm that it's actually. Mm-hmm. We wonder why kids get in college and... You know, they come back home with crazy ideas or something. Yeah, they come back with little brown shirts, as I like to say. And this has been going on longer than just college. It's been going on in your school. It has. And, um, you know, our kids were uh, in grade school in the uh, 90s, in the 1990s mostly. And that's the reason that we decided to teach them at home in grade school is because we we knew that because I was a teacher, you know, and knew I knew what was in the schools even back forty years ago, and it was only getting getting worse. And we said, you know what, we're going to teach our kids at home, and I'm grateful that we did. And I know not everybody does that, nor should everybody, but my wife and I felt real comfortable doing that for our boys, and then we were able to put them in private school once they got to junior high and that cost us an arm and a leg we had to do without new cars and bigger house and things like that but i just felt like my boys were a good investment and and their education was a good investment it should be a priority and i'm grateful that we did it the way we did and uh, you know they they've stayed on a good path they married really good girls and, hey, I have amazing grandkids now, hey. Wayne. <laughs> Me, too. There you go. Me, too. <laughs> Me, too. I got 13. Uh, How many of you guys got? Oh, uh, well, by September, I'll have seven. All right, good. Give me so a phone I'm, book. I'll beat both of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting on one, but it's probably going to be in Ukraine. Oh. I have one. That's I'm, my glad they, I'm glad that they passed the, the, the Parents' Bill of Rights, too. And that's, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and we're finding out that, that they don't own our kids. We are the ones that make those decisions, those choices for our kids. That's true. I'm going to take a break, all yeah. right? When yeah. we come back, I'd like you to talk about the session and what you think some of the big wins were. and Maybe there were mm-hmm. some losses as well, what you thought maybe was a loss. And we'll continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Jerry Cox is our special guest. It's been a while since I've had Jerry on. Good to have him here and uh, getting his viewpoints on uh, what's going on in Arkansas. You know, we're almost halfway through the year. You're still dealing with your knee or hip pain, perhaps. And if that's the case, it's time for you to say enough is enough. 
pills aren't the answer. Perhaps surgery is not the answer. What you need to do, call QC Kinetics today. The Advanced Regenerative Medicine Solutions at QC Kinetics can give you a life without chronic joint pain. You can do some of those things that you haven't been able to do in years. For instance, playing golf or going out and playing uh, tennis or maybe even going out and do something really crazy like going out and playing uh, uh, around a, a bowling. A bowling. Uh, just know that this really does make the difference. Uh, they're the nation's leader in taking healing properties from your body and then applying them right into your own joints so that your joint tissue can be repaired and restored naturally. So if you're having pain in your knees, your back, your shoulders, your hips, you need to stop whatever you're doing and uh, call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation. Learn how the latest advances in regenerative medicine can give you your life back. The number to call, one 222 8440. That's 501-222-8440. Listen, if you go to a school library, you go to the county library, and they say a kid that's 12 years old should be able to see adult material, you just look at them and say, Isn't that the usual BS? All right. That's, uh, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's BS. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's not. You've got to fight back against that kind of stuff, and I'm happy to see and we're seeing that happen down in Saline County. We're, it's going to end up in court here in Pulaski County, uh, but we're going to have to we're going to have to go to court if necessary to get this stuff stopped. You know, Dave, um, a lot of people always look to the state capitol building in Little Rock for solutions to some of these problems, and we've always said that government many times is as much the problem as it is the solution, or maybe even more so. I'm glad to see the people in Saline County take ownership yeah. of their library. Absolutely. And say, this is our library. We paid for it with our tax dollars, and we will see to it that it's run the way the community wants it to, not a librarian that is not elected to any position, that's not really think they're accountable to anybody much. And, um, you know, the legislature tried made a good effort to pass some legislation about obscenity in libraries and librarians, um, you know, being able to be charged for promoting obscenity. And a lot of people did not realize it, but until this legislative session, if any of us around this table here went out and gave obscene material to a kid, then we could go to, go to the jailhouse, but not a librarian. No. Uh, and... So when the legislature, re, you know, made them subject to the same laws that Wayne and I and all the rest of us are subject to, the, the librarians had a fit. And it's like, well, are you planning on giving obscenity to people? Or what, what's, what's the, what's, why are you having a problem with this? And so the legislature did try to deal with it some, but not all the objectionable material, in fact, most of it, it that's in the libraries, will not it won't pass or it won't meet the obscenity test the three-part test put forth by the supreme court where it's supposed to be of no literary value appeal to a prurient interest and violate community standards that's such a high bar when's the last time you ever heard of anybody being convicted of promoting obscenity uh it just doesn't go on anymore so the legislature tried to fix it 
But I think the way it gets fixed is right there at the quorum court, the way they're doing it in Saline County. Well, I think that State Senator Dan uh, Sullivan did such a great job in fashioning that piece of legislation. He did. did. Because he he said, look, it's going to end up into, it's not Supreme Court, it's your, your quorum court, your city council, or at your school board. Those are all elected positions. And that's where this ought to be debated primarily yes uh is in those communities now the folks in jonesboro as you all know uh the librarians kept thumbing their nose at them and they said okay we'll cut the millage by a percent yeah that's a lot of money yeah they and so they said we'll we'll reduce your funding if you won't listen to us yeah i thought it was interesting that they tried to see they tried to change that around the reason that the people did that is because they wouldn't listen to the the people of the community they came back and said they wanted to fund us. You know, they tried to make yeah. it into that. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. You know, and I'm going, wait a minute. Who, who's, who's running the <laughs> show? Who pays? Who, who pays who's, your who's bills? Who's running the show? Is it, is it the librarian? Exactly. Or, or is it the people? That's right. Well, and I, yeah. I, w- I wonder, I was just going to say, uh, we have this process where you find a book that's objectionable. You bring it up and say, I find this objectionable. It makes you wonder how many aren't being caught that are just... <laughs> in there because i'm sure if the the, you know this is the type of material that's been and you know they've been Mm -hmm. putting into the library Mm -hmm. it's probably there's probably a ton of it in there already and so you almost need a committee to go in and see what's going on or you know go through the books well and i think you know finally people in the community are starting to do some of that they're actually going over to the library or going online and seeing what's in there and and then all of a sudden now they're 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 shocked at it. That material has been in there, as you said, for years. Yeah, it's been there for years. It's just that people are now beginning to discover it. I think the drag queen story hours at the libraries and all really tipped people off that hmm, our library may not reflect the values of our community and even some of our schools. Exactly. And so uh, I, I just think there's um, there, there's room there for people to to examine all that. One of the things that that uh, they always want to say is, well, you're for book book banning. You're trying to ban the books. Banning is not in that law. I know it's not, and it, neither is censorship. Th- exactly. But those are the inflammatory terms that they just hurl out there. And, again, that's what the left does. You know, you're a homophobe and you're this. They they name call and, you know, run you down if you speak up for decency. Well, let me just say what the Saline County Librarian says. You're a a white, straight Christian. (laughs) Is there something? And and, and is there a problem? Yeah, (laughs) that's what I would say. She thinks so. Well, I know. And uh, it was an eye opener for me. I sat through hours and hours of hearings at the state capitol in the committees regarding these library bills. I mean, literally hours and hours of hearings. It was an eye-opener to me about how the values of some of the library personnel are so far removed from the values of regular arkansas people it was just amazing to me i i was so shocked at that and when i saw that and so it's good that the quorum courts school boards legislatures 
start to rein this in because if they don't, there's nobody else to do it. No, you're right. And if you don't stop it there, where does it stop? Right. And that, no, yeah. nobody thinks of a librarian. It's a very innocuous situation. You know, it's, they're not thinking radicals. You know, they're so, you know, they quietly are doing this work under the radar. Basically. Yeah, correct. Yeah, we read that story, or I read that story earlier about this group in the Midwest that said that they've got to be subversive about mm-hmm. this. But, Dave, you know, we can we can clean up the libraries, and that's just one area that's a threat to our kids. You know, social media, all the stuff that you can get online. Um, it's just, yeah, on and on. Um, and so that's why it's important for parents especially to be diligent, but also grandparents, just people in the community. We all owe it to our kids to protect them as much as we can. And you'd be shocked at how many adults don't take that seriously. I agree. We've got to take a break. We'll be back. Jerry, something for you to think of. When we come back, Between, besides just transgenderism, what are some of the big issues facing the family right now? Yeah, we'll talk about that. All right. All right, back with you. Jerry Cox is our special guest. Wayne Beach is here. I've got Simone here as well. And uh, let's just, let me uh, just come back to that question I had for you. We're talking about transgender uh, issues. This has become a big, big issue now. Pride has become a big, big issue now. What else are you seeing now, would you think, before the next session, which isn't going to be until 2025, that we're going to start hearing people uh, wanting to see some changes made about? Well, I think uh, you may see people build on some of the good legislation that was passed during this session. Let me give you an example. For the first time ever, the legislature began to look at what is available online to kids and how do we protect kids from harm on the inter- on the internet. Mm-hmm. And that is a that's something we've all been perplexed about for years, but since the internet is worldwide, we've always felt like it was out of reach. Well, this session the legislature took some steps. Let me tell you about them. Number 1, Tyler Dees, Senator Dees from up in Salem Springs had sponsored a bill, and it's law now, that says that you have to upload an ID in order to access a pornography website. And I know people say, what about privacy and all these other things? But the reason for that is the way it has been, a kid could just click, click, yes, I'm 18, click, and you're in. You're in. And um, so that's to protect children from getting on porn sites. Now, is it 100% effective? Probably not. Will it, will it work for every situation? Probably not. But if it just protects one little boy from being addicted to porn for the rest of his days, it's an important thing for that, that kid. And so that's one. The other one is uploading an ID to be able to, to open a social media account. And once again, we've all, as adults, said social media is this amazing invention that is harmful a lot of times to kids. They get information on there they should not get. That's another bill. The other one that they toyed with was to make it so you had to upload an ID to go on a gambling uh, wagering website and all that. And so I don't know how all that's going to pan out. People can uh, debate the issues of privacy and freedom and all that stuff. But I will tell you this, it's undeniable that the Internet preys on our children in dozens of ways. 
and we as adults have got to find a way to protect them. And hats off to those lawmakers for trying. Yes, and I, I'll tell you, Jerry, I, I agree with you there. I believe we had a really good legislative uh, uh, session this yeah. last time. Yeah, uh, I really, I really want to uh, praise them for setting up the parents' rights mm-hmm. uh, bill, as well as as well as some of the other ones that protect children, including the one that protects those that have been transitioned and they can go back and sue later yeah because that cuts out that that doctor that, that wants to just basically have that and and basically use it as an income it let serves me, let me jump in here and yeah i made this point and i think it's can be made again right after roe v wade all kinds of doctors became abortionists mm-hmm. and uh, they were making bank mm-hmm. on that mm-hmm. now we're seeing the same thing on this transgender thing is there anything we learned after Roe v. Wade that we can apply to this now that maybe we can put some kind of brakes on this? Don't quit. Okay. That's, I Don't quit. See, I look that, at Rose. That's a that's a pretty good answer. Uh, you know, I we uh, we put a picture online, Dave, from January of 1995, I believe it was. The pro-life community is marching down West Capitol in January in the snow to protest abortion. Mm -hmm. And you see hundreds of people all the way down West Capitol, all the way toward downtown, and they were marching literally up that street in the snow to say abortion is wrong. If we have resolve to fix a lot of these things, it'll be fixed. And if we have perseverance, it'll be fixed. But if we quit, then we've lost. And that's what the pro-life community never did. In fact, one of the attorneys with Planned Parenthood said of the pro-lifers, they just kept coming. They would not stop. And if we attack evil with that kind of resolve, it will it will have to yield. Yeah, d- make no doubt about it. What's going on on this whole thing with transgenderism is calling good evil and evil good. Right, right. That's exactly what it is. I right. Think, I think they're useful idiots for the left right now is basically one way to put them. Because well, you this, can always find them. Right, and this is <laughs> it's definitely true. This is just a, like I said earlier, if we'll accept this. They can get us to accept mm-hmm. anything like mm-hmm. women, you know, or, or men and women's sports, you know, is what they identify as. And down to the point of trying to normalize pedophilia. Now, if we've gone that astray from our core values, I mean, we we have a reckoning coming. Let's ask Jerry this. They've tried to change saying a pedophile to a, uh, a minor what's what attractive right attractive right dollar or something like that right is this is, is it beyond your scope i mean i, I gotta tell you at 70 years old i never <laughs> thought we would be talking about yeah. that pedophiles were just normal people yeah. it, it 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 would have never i could not have imagined it even 15 years ago i yeah. could not have imagined but then i started reading it. the articles about how we you know, it's wrong to call them pedophiles because that makes them sound evil. They are evil right. people. Well, and um, that's where we are afraid to call bad, bad, evil, evil. Yeah. Um, 
somehow we're afraid to say those words anymore. The, the, the left, again, has intimidated us where we're afraid many times to just step up and say, that's wrong. Yeah, who are you to call that wrong? <laughs> and, and, you know, we're afraid to say that's wrong. And if we ever lose that, then we have lost our ability to, to say what's right or wrong, and then we just fall off into chaos. Dave, the other uh, th- thing that I think we need to, to remember is the legislature worked on a number of really good laws um, they appropriated a million dollars for pregnancy resource yes. centers to help uh, women and girls that are in an unplanned pregnancy situation. And I think the world, the people that criticize all of us, need to see the compassionate side of the pro-life movement where we say, you know, I understand that this girl is pregnant. She's afraid. She feels like abortion is her only choice. Let us step into that space and let us give you some better choices. Let us help you. And there are people out there doing that, and the state is stepping up and helping them with money. Yeah. Like the baby boxes. Robin, exactly. Robin Lundstrom has been a good person of that. So that, is Julie that, Mayberry. Right, She's been right. good on those. So is, right. so is so is uh, Mary Bentley. Yeah, right. Mary Bentley. And um, and the million dollars, uh, they appropriated a million for last year. It was all used by the centers Good. to help women and girls. And um, then there's another million coming this year. And I think most of the centers last year that applied got about $40,000 each. That's real money. Yeah, it might and, be able to um, give a, a sonogram or something. Well, the, the center up in Huntsville, the lady said, I think she got a grant, and I don't know if it was forty. She said that's more money than I've ever had to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's true. It really uh, is. It, it really was a blessing to her. She said I can do so much good with this, and I would much rather give that money to these gals out, these guys and gals that are running these centers out here because. They're used to being economical, Wayne, and running on a shoestring. Right. You give them $10,000, and they'll go to town with it. That's no joke. It's like a million dollars to them. It is, and, and, and they'll get a million dollars worth of good out of and it. And you know what? We really need to get better at understanding what grants are out there and what resources are available yeah. right now and and need to be start sharing those, those resources, that information out there. Because when we sit back and we're complacent or apathetic or anything like that and not engaged, then we've got a problem. That's where we end up with disinformation. We end up with mm-hmm. people that are that mm-hmm. are uh, making up making up other pronouns that they're not, and you, you just and you just sort of accept it, or you're so frustrated you just disengage, and then you say, "Well, they're going to do it anyway, and our world's going to heck." And I guess I'm just going to throw my hands up there and give up. Now we need to take those. Uh, we need to share that information. That's why I said education mm-hmm. is one of the best things. All Absolutely. Right. Final break. When we come back. The Learns Act. Yes. Let's talk about that when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing. Let me give you their number, uh, 707-3115, 501-area code, of course. So 501-707-3115. I don't want to talk to you about them fixing your roof right now. I want them to be called by you if for what happened after the water got in your house. They got between the walls. They got that damaged uh, the drywall and things of that nature. You're going to need to get all that removed or you're going to end up with black mold and all kinds of stuff you don't want. Well, they can do that for you. Uh, You know, the folks at PI Roofing, 
being on the roof is where you've seen them all the time before. Now they're a general contractor as well. They can take care of all the damage that's been done and fix it so that it's uh, 100% as well. They're as good at that as they are to roofs. So you call them, have them come out, give you a quote, and they'll tell you what it's going to cost to fix it. It's uh, 1-501-707-3115. Please tell them Dave uh, told you to call them or go to piroofing.com. With you on the Dave Ellswick Show, Jerry Cox is here. Family, Family Council is in the studio along with Wayne Beach, and Simone is here as well. Let's uh, finish up our conversation because I've been just throwing out large swaths of information towards Jerry and letting him kind of panificate on it, and I'm going to let him do a little bit more. Let's talk, let's talk about the LEARNS Act. Yes, well, and uh, for people that may not have been keeping uh, tabs on it, the LEARNS Act is the uh, comprehensive omnibus school bill, education bill, that was passed by the legislature. The big element in that is uh, money that would follow the student to go to a private school or be homeschooled. And um, that's the kind of the flashpoint for a lot of people in that bill. Also, teacher raises, how you hire and fire teachers, uh, school safety, um, kids being able to read by the time they finish third grade, lots of things in that bill. It's 144 pages long, and uh, almost every section says, and the Department of Education will make rules for implementing this act. Well, if you've been around government for a while, the law can say one thing, but the rules are really where the rubber meets the road. Now, let's stop you right there, all right? I don't vote for the the Secretary of Education. That's right. He's appointed. That's right. I don't vote for all the bureau rats that are over there underneath mm-hmm. the director or the Secretary of Education. And nothing against the leave. I like him. Mm-hmm. He, he seems to be a really up, upstanding <coughs> man. But the bottom line is we got to keep this as close to that the citizens can vote these people out if they are doing this wrong. Well, yes, and um, I had uh, Mike Beebe's uh, chief of staff tell me years ago about a law. He looked at me, and he grinned, and about that law, he said, rules and regs, Jerry, rules and regs. That's That's where it is. And he's right. This law will rise or fall based on the rules and regs and that policies. are that the, those policies that are promulgated. And that's why they brought that lawsuit that was causing everything to be slowed down, making it tough to get it started. Because mm-hmm. <coughs> if you can't get the rules and regs going at all, yeah. then it's bound to fail. Yeah. So uh, that's that's where all of us have got to be very watchful of the rule and reg-making process because that's going to be made – behind closed doors you know they've got some task forces out here working on it but let's face it it's going to be people that are in the education establishment that are writing most of this and they're unelected officials that's correct yeah and that how, is correct and how many of those mm-hmm. people that are going to be writing it were people that supported what was going on before and right. now they're going to write this because now they've been you know given that task well and uh, don't get me wrong I support the the learns oh, act, I do too. the law. I'm glad it passed. We've got to do something for our schools. If we keep doing what we've always done, Wayne, we're going to get the same we're bad still results. Forty something. Yeah, and state. so we. I, I applaud the governor for doing that. It's just that 
I just, I know how the bureaucratic process works, and every time it's involved, I hold my breath. It's that fourth branch of government that I was talking to you earlier about. Is that it's the unelected part that 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 yeah the bureaucrats as I call them yeah as the bureaucrats especially long term no bureaucrats yeah, that are long term <laughs> bureaucrats okay yeah I, I've seen it in uh, I've seen it in uh, Department of Human Services I've seen it in the Education Department I've seen it in several other even the Department of Finance Administration mm-hmm. and and you know whenever you have that fourth branch of government you have basically a, an organization that can be weaponized. Number one, mm-hmm. and I've seen that. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you've seen it mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen it where they make up rules. They're the ones setting fees. Mm-hmm. They're the ones setting permits and and regulations, restrictive you know regulation a lot of times. Uh, and and but it doesn't it doesn't ever get back to the people. The people, how much input are they getting mm-hmm. in there? The people out here. Well, that's really important what you're saying because the way that this piece of legislation. Uh, I think has to be done is the same way that you know Bruce Westerman told me when he was a state representative because he was the first one who came up with that idea of the money following the student school choice. He said we've got to give the parents the opportunity to take that money where they want. Absolutely, to. absolutely, and I think it's important to point out that the first year this coming fall. There will, as I understand it, there will only be about seven thousand students statewide testing phase that, that'll that'll be eligible to get get in the program. So it's going to be small. So don't expect to see a big flood of kids going into your local private school. It ain't happening this year. Next year it's supposed to go to about fourteen thousand. It's not going to be a big number that year either. But the third year is when it really opens up wide. And it's supposed to be available to every student. And so year three is really the big rollout for this. But it's important to get the rules right this year and next year so they work properly the third year. Yeah, so the you see what I mean? That's why we're doing the slow rollout is to get it right. Well, let's get the rules as right as we can to start with. So in and the third year, the slaves in Goshen can get out of Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, this is government is a slow process. It's kind of like it, that I found. It's just it's uh, it's a it's a, a huge monster, a huge dinosaur that you're trying to try turn its head to go in another direction, and that and it's always we always run in, into that same that same issue. You know, Wayne, I did hear good news yesterday that it looks like this coming year, based on the financial numbers, that each student that does qualify will get a little over Mm $6,000. So we thought it might be in the five range, but it'll be over six. And so that's real money uh, for, you know, for families out here that's going to be really important. And so... Good. It's a good thing. You know something else that 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 really stood out in this is that when we're 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 actually raising teachers' pay, why would you fight against teachers' pay? I'm not trying to sound like Biden by whispering. I'm I'm saying why would you fight teachers' pay? <laughs> why would you why would you why would you fight teachers' pay? Why would you fight teachers' training? Why would you fight mm-hmm. teacher retention yeah. and teacher recruitment, which is a lot of that money goes into that. It doesn't make sense when you're fighting those things that will help the student. And the whole thing needs to be mm-hmm. where they focus on the student. Instead of focusing on what's happening, it says, well, what about our stuff? Well, I told yeah. you that story that they had a committee meeting before this ever was passed, that they were going over it. 
and somebody said, well, you know, the, the superintendents aren't going to like that. And the person who was the facilitator in the meeting said, uh, we're not talking about superintendents. We're talking about students. Right. That's right. That was totally different mm-hmm. than what it's mm-hmm. been in the past. Absolutely. And yet lawmakers will tell you that their local school superintendent is an influential person in the community, and so are the teachers. Especially in the legislature. Too. And when it comes time to vote, you know, so they, they are mindful of that. But here's, I think, the overarching thing. This is maybe the most bold piece of legislation that I've seen in my 34 years of walking the halls of the Capitol. Shame on us if we just dump cold water on that and say, well, I don't like certain parts of it, so none of it's any good. It's going to be bumpy uh, the first few years. You cannot make that many changes and it not be bumpy. But... I think there's a goal out there down the down the road where Arkansas students graduate with a diploma that means something. Well, I, for, I, forget what movie, I forget what movie was that, that Betty Davis was in, and she said, fasten your seatbelts, the ride's oh. going to get bumpy. <laughs> All right, and it's true. It will be bumpy because it's a it's kind of a brand-new thing. It's, it's, just, it's a total 180 reversal. Right. We need to help the administration do the right thing. I agree. We need to help them. Jerry, thanks for coming in. Always a pleasure. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thank, good to be in here with good good people. I enjoy it. Nah. Yeah, good good folks. All right, so we got State uh, Senator Kim Hammer coming up next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, really good hour with Jerry Cox. I'll tell you what, this hour would be better. We got uh, State uh, Senator Kim Hammer with us right now. Yesterday, Mark Johnson was on and was talking to him and uh, State uh, Senator Johnson, State Senator Dan Sullivan, State Senator Kim Hammer, and and another state senator that remained to be anonymous uh, got together and called in the uh, superintendent from the Pulaski County Special School District, and they wanted to know what was going on about this pride stuff. What you find out there, Senator? Um, they promote the Pride Agenda on their school website. Uh, you know, typical what you'd expect, encouraging uh, people to be supportive of uh, Pride Month and, um, you know, not really being bashful about it. The, I think the one thing, just to kind of get to the conclusion of it, was that at the end um, he was – and he was very – I mean, it was a very cordial meeting. He'll get, you know, there was, there was no uh, rock throwing or any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Uh, it was a real cordial meeting, just an exchange of ideas. I think that he feels pretty uh, dug in and committed. He was going to go back to his board or his advisory group, I think is what he called it, uh, to take the content of the conversation back and, and see if there would be some considerations for some things that were asked for. One of the things that was asked for was, okay, well, you know, if we're going to do this for the LBGTQ community and for Pride Month, um, they not being a protected class, then I think one thing that needs to be done is there needs to be equal time given to traditional family, specifically marriage values. That if you're going to begin to push this out as aggressively as you are, then I think what we need to do is we need to come back and say, okay, equal time, and begin to push for that agenda. Even down to the state level, uh, talk to the senators at B that, you know, maybe what we need to do is have a month 
where we would dedicate a month and it would be recognized as traditional family value and family marriage month and uh, build the theme around that so that we can have equal time isn't it interesting that for so long we did that every day in school I mean, never thought about you had you had home ec and you had all kinds of stuff about how to get your family together how to keep it together how to make meals all that type of stuff and we got away from it and you know whenever you create a vacuum something something will refill that vacuum and you know what's refilled that vacuum yeah lgbtq plus plus i'm sure it comes with tied along with federal dollars too oh yeah yeah if they're because they're they want that federal money not that they may or may not want to employ it any way on their own but that's an extra source let's ask let's ask the uh, state center is the federal government do they do they offer money to schools and to states to promote the lgbtq plus plus programs I'll, I'll have to ask about that but i think we're the um the back doorway is probably going to be more in the way of you can't deny. You know, if you take the federal dollars, you can't deny. Uh-huh. And that's why, and, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I hate even having the conversation about, well, let's have a month that recognizes traditional family values, traditional marriages, traditional family setting, um, because that ought to be 365, you know, 724. Okay. But when we've given up as much ground as we have given up, and when we have been as silent as we have been silent and the other side has been loud, I think you've got to, you got to re-engage in the battle and, and begin to use some of the logic that they have used against them. So if we did something like this, I would think that we would be afforded the same rights, you know, that they would be afforded because they're not a protected class. We're not a protected class. And if federal dollars come down uh, that says you can't prohibit them from being able to do this, then it would be a great lawsuit for our attorney general to be able to defend to say, well, then you can't deny us using federal dollars to do this either. And, you know, sometimes you just have to put yourself in the courtroom. Uh, not that anybody really wants to end up in the courtroom, but sometimes you got to put yourself in the courtroom in order to move a issue off center. And, and, you know, that's some of what we do with legislation. Do we know that it's probably going to end up in a lawsuit? Sure we do. But it forces the issue to have the conversation so that we can – uh, methodically move to where we want to get to. You never know until you push the issue. You never know until you push the issue, and if you don't push back, then the side of the issue that's being pushed just keeps pushing. That's right. I would imagine the argument against your, the family values and stuff would be that it would be exclusionary because of the fact that we our nuclear family is broken down so much, and there you know everyone doesn't have the nuclear family where there's both parents in the house or something. But I can imagine already the left using that as a talking point. No, that I can definitely say that 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 would happen. And you can still have family values. Yeah, with even one parent. But you can still have family values with just one uh, person involved. Right. Just the mom. Dad can be. I'm sorry. Dad could be your grandpa. That's there. You just need male and female, uh, different you know people to help raise both sides. Well. It's about getting back to traditional family structure, the one that was there in the beginning and the one that has slowly been attacked and whittled away. And so the idea would be that we want to uh, celebrate and we want to focus that there are that there is another option. It's the original option. Right. It's, it's the one that was here first that we have just slowly let uh, be degraded. 
and uh, we become uh, desensitized to to the fact that that we're losing that image by a very small minority of people in in the world. Yeah, very small. As I said, from the, the census uh, from last year, we know that uh, the number of homosexual couples and transgender couples in the state of Arkansas. I mean, they've got it all the way down by state. In our state, it's one-tenth of one percent that are changing, you know, parts of our community that have been around for hundreds and hundreds, and in many cases, when you talk to family, thousands of years. And we've allowed that to happen because they use the coyote tactic. What do I mean by that? Well, Jimmy and I talk about this all the time. If you go out late at night and you're out in the you know the the rural area, you can hear the coyotes, you know, barking, and uh, they start with just one of them, and then another one joins, and then another one joins them, and there may be only ten of them by the time they're done, but it sounds like there's thousands of them out there right. going at it, and that's what happens. With this, I use it as a, as an uh, illustration because there's not that many, but they make so much money. Take Code Pink, for instance. Are yeah. you all familiar with Code Pink? Yeah. The homosexual group. Uh, they were very, very active in San Francisco uh, during the early movement of, uh, you know, the pride parades and all of that. They would show up in the legislature uh, dressed in pink with whistles. And they'd start, you know, blowing those whistles any time that they were meeting and things of that nature. But instead of, of, of getting these people that were disruptive and arresting them, the other side got going and said, I get a headache from this. I just want it to stop. And they passed the, the rules that these people wanted. Well, and that's and what goes on on Twitter. All you got to do Twitter. is take a look. Yeah, I mean Twitter the way it was going when one you know one soundbite it's taken out of context and they start sharing and resharing and you know and, and it sounds like all of America agrees with us you know one viewpoint and it doesn't it's just the small but vocal minority of people that have a certain viewpoint that they want to impress not just impress but flaunt. I mean I'm sure the senator can talk to this. Whenever they have a, a law that is being voted on that they don't like or that they do like, they show up with the amount of people that they can show up with and uh, put their uh, their shoulder into it to push it. Sure they do. They, you know, mobilize their force, and they can be loud force. Of course, in, the, in this capital, the acoustics oh my God. are they're great, but they are intimidating, too. So... You you get several people on the different levels of the Capitol. It becomes an echo chamber. Uh, so, you know, it is, a, it is a tool of intimidation. I will say this, that for the most part, um, the legislative body that we have now is not too much of a yielding body. They've got their... That's research, good. They've got their research done. They pretty well got their minds made up, but they still have an open mind to listen uh, at the end of the day, they're going to vote their conscience, and so far our consciences have all seemed to align um, on this issue and where we need to be going. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy that yeah. Code, Code Pink hasn't shown up here in Arkansas. You know, and th- there's I don't know what your time break is here, but you got about four minutes. 
so let me set the stage on on one thing. You know, the a discussion about the LBGTQ community um, does not have to be an ugly one. It does not have to be a hateful one. It does not have to be a harsh one. But it needs to be one that is one that you don't back up from. The the one thing that bothers me uh, about the LBGTQ plus whatever letters get added this right the the, the letter of the week. Uh, which in itself implies confusion. Uh, God's not the author of confusion, so you know that this whole thing is is not originating with God. It's originating with another source. But what, one thing I'm looking into, one thing I'm discovering is that when individuals present to somebody for guidance, like a counselor, social worker, uh, school counselor, or somebody else, what are they equipped and what are they being taught in school as to how to address this subject matter with individuals that present to them? And, you know, if you eliminate the spiritual or you eliminate the practical side of things, that doesn't leave you many tools in the toolbox. And I'm not sure that's not by design. That's what I said. You make a vacuum, something will fill it. Right. And if you prevent an attachment to be put on a vacuum cleaner that could help clean up the dirt in an analogy form then you're very you're limited only to the tools that you've got and that could be by design i think that could be by choice because the one thing that i think we're finding is that in in certain areas of higher education where classroom instruction is being given it is very limiting as far as what individuals that are going into the social worker field or counseling field or anywhere else where you have a direct line of contact with with people of any walk of life we're talking about LBGTQ, that they are limited in saying there is another way out of this. There is another way that you can self-correct this problem. But if you keep them from having that or that is not incorporated into the educational instruction that's being given, I think that has contributed greatly for us getting to where we are right now. All right, let's take a break. That gives you something to chew on while we take a little bit of a break here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Asset Protection Wealth Management. Brand new here to the show, I want you to give them a try, especially if you're moving into that retirement age. I'm going to say if you're uh, 55 to 60 years old, now you're really thinking about retirement. You need to know the basics of retirement. Like, uh, ask about the three-legged stool. You know, like, you're going to have a 401K. You're going to have, you're going to have your Social Security you're going to have the, the money you're going to get from, like, the selling of your home, perhaps. You know, you want to make sure all legs are being addressed uh, for your retirement. And you can talk to Gary Garrison over at Asset Protection Wealth Management, and he can help you get ready for, or if you're in the middle of retirement, help you, uh, you know, make sure that you're going to have money uh, during your retirement, the last thing you want to do is run out of money when you're retired. So call them and make an, uh, make an appointment to talk to him at 1-501-225-9045. That's 1-501-225-9045. Stop by and, uh, you know, make an appointment at 11300 North Rodney Parham Road, Suite 320. All right, back with you. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. And... Uh, as I sit here and talking to Kim, I, I I realize there's some sound effects that I haven't put back on my soundboard that we'll add to. I got to get the the sound of all of the coyotes howling, 
you know, so that I can kind of back up what I say about uh, the coyote, you know, expression. And then uh, I haven't, I I don't have my machine guns anymore. I need to get my machine guns set up as well. Make sure you get a wounded rabbit amongst all those. Oh, God. Coyotes. That drives drives me crazy. Have you ever heard of wounded rabbit? Yes. It's a high, high squeal. It's a miserable noise. Yeah. It's a miserable noise. Yeah. Now I had I used to ha- I used to do a lot of hunting for nuisance animals, and coyotes are one of those that there's there's no specific time that you can hunt you can hunt anytime, and uh, we would turn that electronic thing on and it was a, a rabbit screaming like that, and you could hear that miles away if you're a coyote, and they'd end up showing up. Didn't they use that at Waco? I don't remember if they used it at Waco or it not. It was one of the where they were doing the noise uh, to try to, instead of uh, instead Yeah, of driving them nuts. Yeah, yeah I yeah. believe it was Waco. Just like when we were down there in Panama. Remember that? They played Metallica <laughs> loudest yep. that they could. Inner Sandman. I remember uh, sitting at the Capitol. And uh, during during some of the committee meetings uh, involving some of the LGBT um, uh, issues that we ran across, and and I could they were on the front lawn and it sounded like demons out there screaming. Oh yeah, I mean it was just it was literally demons screaming out on the on the on the front lawn of the Capitol. I don't know if any legislators heard, but we you could you just had to get near one of the front doors. And yeah, I remember there. going out a couple of years back and they were out there and in force. And they were they were they were telling me that I shouldn't be, I shouldn't uh, I should be forgiving people and this and that. They they were doing a real good job of trying to quote scripture at me. Yeah. And I just looked at one of them and I and she was start talking about the woman at the well, and uh, mm-hmm. you know forgive forgive forgive. And I said yeah, but you're not remembering the rest of that scripture. And she just looked at me and. She gave me enough of a time that I could finish up what I was saying. I said, Christ then said, go and sin no more. She didn't have anything else to say after that. Stop the action. That's, yeah. yeah that, that stopped at that and point. And what's to forgive if there's nothing wrong with what you're doing? That's exactly right. Yeah. That, that's exactly right. And the one that always stops them is says, do you know Jesus loves you? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It just, boom, yeah. it just stops them right you know, there. Jesus bled for you, too. That really <laughs> blows them away. Anyway, yeah. see that I know I know Kim wishes he could say that because he's a pastor. All right, say what? Jesus bled for you too. Oh yeah, you know, and and I mean the blood of Christ is what washes away all of our sins. Sure. So no matter what sin you've got, if you're a crooked politician or you're a LBGTQ misinformed, misguided individual, or you're a murderer or whatever the case may be, you know, Christ Christ died to cover all those sin debts. He, could, he died to cover the sin debt, and the sin debt is what sends us to hell. And he forgives the sin debt, and then he gives us the ability to live a life according to, as he described, we should be living our life, and that's written out in the Bible. And that's where people choke because they— It's so you know, different than what, you know, normal life is like because we're so screwed up. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the Apostle Paul said, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I often find myself not doing what I know I'm supposed to do, even though I know that's what I'm supposed to do. It's the human struggle of living in the body that after a while you get tired of fighting, and all of a sudden heaven looks like a better place to go than stay down here and yeah. keep fighting for it. Wretched man that I am. And it's such a shame that there are kids 
that are um, that are at that point where a lot of these <coughs> may go through issues of trying to affirm their uh, biological sex because this would have never been even you know in their face at all but there are so many like i was talking about the insane cloud posse like you know all the misfits that you know <coughs> went on to that um and stuff they were looking for some place to belong and if you're going and i think we were talking a couple last hour or something about teens and different things and the, the high emotions they have or the, what you know the different chemicals they've got running through their system they're they're going to be easy prey for this propaganda which and it's a shame because some of them will be victims you know and and like the the woman who had her breast chopped off you know and then later regret it and but it yet you know if we allow that to happen it's our permanent. state our state representatives did a good thing because they passed a law that said you can go back and get the doctors who did it All right and right. i say parents there's got to be some accountability for parents yep but, you know there's got to be some and i don't you know i don't want the government telling me what i can and can't do with my child but but they're not going to let you give them heroin right and you can't you're not supposed to be you're not even supposed to spank your child anymore yeah that's crazy so you know let alone cut the breasts off or other parts hey, when we come back uh kim because we got another half hour here of the show today i kind of like to talk to you about some of the things that uh well let's let's finish talking uh, for a little bit about the Learns Act, because Mark Johnson wanted to talk about that yesterday, and I know that you've been involved with him. So we'll talk about that, and then I'd like to talk about things that you think need to be really started looking at in 2025, things that need to be maybe even tightened up more than what you did this year. Okay. Can, we, can we do that? Sure. All right. That's what's going to happen. I'm do what you tell me to do. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's not your Saturday show. That's okay. okay. Yeah. But anyway, we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk further about this. Wayne is here. Wayne Beach. Of course, Simone is here as well. I'm here. And our special guest here for the rest of the half hour is uh, State Senator Kim Hammer. He's part of the Dave Ellswick Show today. Coming up, we've got some news for you. And uh, we'll uh, get that to you. And then when we get back, uh, after we pay some bills, We'll be ready to continue to finish up the show for today. News, opinion, insight. This is 101.1 FM, The Answer. In Pea Ridge, a suspect is sentenced to 40 years in prison for a sex crime against... What's the weather like out there? It's hot, real hot. Hot of this is my shorts. I can cook things in it. Little crotch pot cooking. Crotch pot cooking. <laughs> it's 87 degrees outside right now. Feels like it's 102, just so you know. All right, keep that in Keep in mind, it's hot. It's hot out there. How hot is it? All right. How are you doing there, uh, Senator? You, you holding up under the, the intense questioning? I'll tell you what. I you want me to turn the lights off of you? You know, I noticed I was strategically positioned in the corner with the door on the opposite side of the room. Two people that have to get through. And, That's right. Uh, I, I noticed your your logistical Tactics. layout there. Yeah, yeah. we got it yeah. set up. We want you to sit down. You're lucky. You know, when Mark Johnson comes in, we duct tape him to his chair. <laughs> So many things I could say. You got a sound out? Let me see what sounds you got out. Yeah, I got all kinds. Yeah, I could get the sound of duct tape being removed. That doesn't feel good. That's because he he tries to come off the chair. Okay, so as many things as as you've, I'm I'm happy with the way the session went, but there were things that needed to to still get done. I think I wanted to hear what you were thinking. What are some things that you think you guys got a good start on, a running start at, but you need to keep on running at? I think maintaining the strength of the budget 
uh, is critical and essential. You know, some people want to run the government like they run their household, which is paycheck to paycheck, and we know that doesn't always work out well for those folks. I think we need to show a little more or continue to show some fiscal responsibility in maintaining good, healthy budgets. And I know there are people that say, well, we got one point whatever billion dollars in reserve and we need to pull some of that down. The discussions that seem to have landed the majority of people, at least as far as the mindset, is this, that if we can maintain that healthy reserve so in the event we have to dig into it, the one thing we don't want to do is give up ground where we've been able to lower taxes. And I think as long as we maintain that healthy fund balance and we can meet the essential services of the state of Arkansas, and that's a debate within itself because some people yeah, think – what are the essential services? Yeah, some people, some people think essential services are that you continue to give me free stuff. That's, that's not right. essential. We've got to have that conversation. But if we can maintain those healthy fiscal balances, then what we can do is see that personal income tax continue to come down and come down and come down. Because if we ever hit a hiccup, we got a strong enough fiscal reserve that we can survive it without having to come back and raise it. Because the goal is get it to zero. And, okay. and we chipped away two, two-tenths of a percent or two percent, I can't remember. Um, that, that, to me, is one high priority uh, that we've got. Is it physical responsibility and accountability as well as as well as uh, uh, looking at where we can cut some of the waste and, and the fraud and abuse in our in our systems and and we have you know we've had that and, and I find that when I go to that legislative audit uh, group I'm, I'm really surprised we only hold two meetings a year in that in that uh, in that joint that joint uh, uh, committee because it really doesn't if you really want to attack what we have because we do have a pretty good healthy uh, reserve right now uh, and this is an opportune time to actually start looking and, and investigating I think that's why uh, Joe Wood is in there I think he did an excellent job up in Washington County uh, as, a, as county judge up there he the first year he saved a million dollars and they kept asking him says well uh, he said he said well why can't we do that and said well we've always done it that way mm-hmm. and he's and then he's, and then that's how he ended up saying well, let's try it and then they ended up saving a million dollars first year and seven hundred fifty uh, seven hundred fifty thousand the next year for a county that's pretty significant uh, and and if we can do that on a scale that from the from the state level I think that that would be a great one too well we have we have monthly legislative audit meetings and. Unfortunately, a lot of what we discovered in there is that, especially in small towns, you know, like uh, the last town was Augusta, had not even, and they can have private auditors, but you have to submit that report once a year. And you have certain towns that just either have turnover in personnel and they don't know what they're supposed to do or they know what they're supposed to do, don't do it, then they end up before us. But, you know, through those annual me- or monthly meetings, we do find um, – areas where we work on and as a result of it several good pieces of legislation have come out of that um that that helps us be able to identify sooner than later the fraud that is occurring it's going to happen fraud is going to happen i don't care what you do fraud is going to happen you just have to shorten the time between the occurrence and the accountability and then make it stiff enough that if somebody does do fraud then they pay the price which i know we had a meeting last week um, and they came before us. Um, you know, there's, there's four divisions that look for audit uh, or, or look for fraud. Uh, Office Medicaid Inspector General is one of them. Uh, but they, uh, you know, and under the Department of um, Workforce Services, 
the amount of fraud that now is being you know discovered mm-hmm. from the uh, covid money which we all knew right. was going to happen uh and they're they're hunting them down pretty quick and you know they're they're recovering quite a bit they recovered like 8.5 million dollars so far uh in fraudulent activities so that's good that's good uh, i'm surprised they recovered it you know usually that money's just gone and used up well there's one or two ways to (laughs) hold people accountable either well three really one is um catch them convict them and then recoup either money or their time by putting them in jail right also I, i see another thing too uh kim is that we also need to advertise because if you don't advertise and let people know that you're actually working on those those issues and this is what we've done so far, they don't know. And then, and that's unless you let them know, and they also helps some of the abatement prior to being proactive in it. It stops some of those that may consider that later on. That's why advertising the punishment. This is this is what we found. This is what we did about it. And until you tell the citizenry out here, so then they see how active our legislators are and our, our elected officials are. Yep. Just like Kim, just like uh, 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 Tim Griffin actually coming up and, and what he's done in, in, in as far as the Learns Act deal, he went in and got that off High Center. I think that advertising that really helps. Advertising our wins. It'd be good to have on, on the state page, actually, mm-hmm. on the internet. Yeah. I, I think the Republican Party has put out some things because we are, a, a, you know, a majority Republican Party. I think the Republican website has something out there. And I, I know the show on Saturday morning called the Kim Hammer Show. We'll make that a special Yeah, you point do a good job on that. We'll do, we'll, uh, we'll do a focus on, on the good things that we've that's, achieved. That's a good idea. So I'll get that on next few weeks if Dave doesn't steal it first. <laughs> Dave can do it, too. You both do it. I've been known to, to talk uh, highly. I, I just got a note uh, a, a note from uh, uh, Congressman Hill's office. He's going to be on tomorrow asking me what are some topics we might be touching on. I said, don't forget, I asked for Comer to come on. Were you able to get Comer to come on? Because if, if he comes on, we're going to talk about Biden and we're going to talk about Hunter. If not, then uh, the other three topics I gave him were... Uh, the land use, I'm not real happy here, and they're going to put more more of our land into the Fed's uh, control. Uh, crypto mining and digital money. Those are, And then I could throw AI there as the fourth one, but we'll never get to it. I think digital currency know. is what is it's like the belly of the beast. It's 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 like there's the a lot of questions there, and I'm going to tell you what the state the state senator is going to have to deal with it. I heard uh, State Representative Meeks talking about it and said that in 2025 it's going to be a a big issue. Do you agree with that, Senator? I'm going to confess that I don't know as much about that as I ought to. I know that Senator Brian King made a big issue out of it. It may be one of those things that at the time it seemed like a good thing, but the more you learn about it as it goes on, it deserves a revisit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest with you, my focus right now is because I'm chair, Senate Chair of Rules. My focus right now is just um, the rules dealing with the Learns Act, and that within itself is pretty good. The, you, you know, the good thing about the legislative body, uh, you've got individuals in there that are pretty much experts in respective fields. Stephen Meeks, uh, when it comes to that technical stuff, AI stuff that you know that that uh, crypto mining all that stuff you know he's he's pretty much a, a go-to individual um and so you try to learn from people that have made those individual topics their area of expertise um but 
get me back on the show and let me get a little bit more up to speed on it. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of a, a lot of chatter out there about it from both sides, for that matter. Uh, and it's like anything else; you just got to get in the middle of it, and discern what is the truth, what's the rhetoric, what's the truth, and what's the uh, you know what's the transparency, what's the cover up. When you have extra time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what are we giving up? for this uh, you know, ease of use of the money, what are we giving up, and what fears people might have. Like, I have a fear of it being used as a social uh, you know, credit system, basically, or the government basic either cutting you off at, at, you're at your own will or freedoms are taken away from us. You know, when you use cash, becoming a, you know, a crime, and the more government overreach because they know people are, want to t and have to take care of their families, so they're going to use that to influence, just like they do now, like at the at canceling people or trying to get them fired or, or something else. But giving them over our monetary system would be one more way the government could just snap their fingers and you're done with and put fear in people. Yeah, that's something we I want to bring up to the senator as well. Jerry Cox brought this up, and we didn't get to really talk about it. And that is anonymous reporting. You know, you see something going on, and you can be anonymous and say, such and such a person's doing this, and they start looking into you. Don't you think that there should be some kind of, uh, of uh, I don't know, e you know. I, I fought this in, at Cabot High School. They let kids call in on other kids. And I, I called the the uh, uh, principal and I said you're you're opening up a bag of worms here yeah and then I called uh, I called the superintendent because how many kids might not call just to get even with another kid I mean I think that you got to have more there than just an anonymous source so to speak what do you think about that senator I'm, I'm sitting here thinking I ran a lot of legislation this past one. I ran a piece of legislation dealing with that in the area of DHS because a lot of times what happens is somebody would call in anonymously on someone else, and what you would find is it would be a high number of call-ins from a situation where a couple is being divorced, yep. and the wife would be calling in on the husband anonymously and vice versa, and we address some of that. You know, I go back to what happens in court. Everybody ought to be able to face their accuser. And I think that if you're going to face, you know, I think that if you're going to call in on somebody, mm -hmm. you ought to have the right to know who it is that's calling in on you because then you could probably cut down a lot of the call-ins. And I, and I know what the argument's going to be. The argument's going to be, yeah, but I'm afraid because they if they find out that, that I called in on them, they're going to know, and then they're going to come after me. And what the statistics showed was that was so minute of a of a number that it was irrelevant compared to the vast majority of the harm that was being done by people calling in on other people anonymously right because right. you take away all of the necessary <clears throat> police officers and stuff to go after uh, things that aren't true when you look at dhs then what you end up with is you got a bunch you know the short staffed anyway hiring freeze um you know all the issues that are the challenges of having to have a workforce at dhs and now you're taking valuable resources that are on a rabbit trail instead of on the real issues and dealing with with what has been substantiated. Because when they call in, they got to treat it as legitimate no matter what. Um, and then I know there's a whole no discussion about true findings, all that stuff. But the 
the point is that when we ran that, we determined that of the calls that were made, a very minute percentage of them actually turned into anything. It was vengeance calls is what it amounted to. All right. We'll come back. we got a few moments left. Let me remind you about East End Towing. Uh, no matter what kind of car, truck, 18-wheeler you have that you drive, if you're on the side of the road, East End Towing can help you with it because they have the necessary equipment, number one, to deal with your problem. Number two, they know all of the processes behind uh, getting out and uh, getting you off the road. They're a member of the Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board. They're licensed, insured, and all their trucks are permitted. Call them at 501-888-8849. That's East End Towing, 501-888-8849. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Final uh, few moments of the show for today, about six minutes left. Anything you wanted to, uh, to touch base on, uh, Senator, before I maybe throw something out towards you? The only thing I would say is, you know, the Learns Act is um, at the forefront of everybody's mind with the trivial lawsuit. But, hey, I want to also say this. Uh, it's a free country. You feel that you've got a valid case. That's what our system is set up to do. Um, let it run its course. And I think that when it's all said and done, the Learns Act is going to stand. It's unfortunate that a lot of time has been wasted, a lot of energy, a lot of resources, and, um, you know, it is what it is, and that's the price of the country we live in is we want everybody to have a free shot at something if they feel that something's not been right. But when this thing is all settled and done, let's saddle up and go. I'm chair of the rules. Uh, I fully expect that the rules will start coming through at the next meeting, if not before emergency rules will be put in place. That will give 120 days uh, for them to bring back the final rule. And uh, people can, you know, keep up with it. You can go to my website, KimHammerShow.com, and try to keep you up to date on everything there. But uh, stand by because Learns Act is coming. The rules are coming down. Uh, Brian Evans is a representative, and myself are the chairs. And we've, you know, and and the good thing, it's going to go to the Education Committee first before it comes to rule. So it'll be well vetted, aired out, public will have an opportunity to come into the Education Committee and be able to voice their thoughts about it. And, and that's an extra layer of transparency for people to be able to come and, and speak about it. Sounds but great. When are they going to hold those meetings? Uh, you can look at the website, which is www.arcleg.ar.state.us. I think once you get that Arcleg part in there, it'll pop up automatically. And it is uh, on there. And actually, the next rules meeting is going to be keep talking i'll keep looking um <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like he doesn't like air i'll find it here say i think it's going to be july uh july 20th july 20th go ahead go ahead i was just going to say that there's so much misinformation and i hate using disinformation misinformation Those yeah, yeah like it's kind so of a lefty overused, turn yeah right but there's so much uh, propaganda basically out there against it and you know with the lobbyists and teachers unions uh, that I think it would be kind of good to have a messaging uh, kind of like what you're advertising or some, <coughs> some kind of commercialization of the positive facts and maybe dispelling some of the myths once you find out what people are frightened of or what they might have been told 
that this thing actually entails that it doesn't. You know, it doesn't cut kids out of the loop. What about the proposed rules? Are they going to have a, uh, are you going to present any proposed rules, a list of the proposed rules in there prior to this meeting where people can prepare to prepare the statements for that, or are we just going to do it right on, do it off the cuff when would, they show up the meeting? Uh, well, it's the agenda has to be posted on the website 48 hours prior. So uh, what I would suggest is you watch the Education Committee website, or you watch the Education Committee uh, meeting agenda because it would have all the rules on it. Then after that, once they are vetted through the Education Committee, they'll come up to the rules. That agenda is usually posted 48 hours before and that's where it'll be, um, you know, the final determination will be made. The education committee, the reason going there is because in rules, typically we don't have a lot of public comment uh, because we got so many rules from so many different subject matters. The benefit of it going through the education committee is it's just going to be on it, and um, it'll allow more time for people to have that public comment. So you can watch the agenda. When go on, hit the agenda on the on the respective committee, It'll have all the rules that are going to be discussed so at be that all meeting. Proposed rules are mm-hmm. coming, but they're coming out of the education committee. They'll be coming. Well, they come down from the Department of Ed because now they've got the Learns Act. Department of Ed is working to draft the rules. It'll hit the education committee. Come out of the education committee. Who does not have the authority to stop it? Uh, they can influence it, but they don't have the authority to stop it. It can go down to the rules, and then we'll vote it. We'll vote it out of the rules, or we'll send it back for tweaking if we see something otherwise once it becomes rule boom it's gone and here we go well, that's yeah. what that's what we want is that basically most people that i talk to they kind of like have a, they want a little heads up yeah. what's what's what are the rules that you're looking at now and what how they're going to be proposed if they look fine hey i'm good with it they put a check mark and they go on i don't have short meeting those are things i don't want to know if there's any changes let me know kind of like whenever you're trying to uh uh, run legislation through or something like that if there's changes made in the committees then it goes back and then it recycles back around you know that way it's you know it's fully transparent and vetted um and i'll i'll tell you what i'll do i'll make you a personal commitment i'll as soon as i know what's coming i'll put it up on my website and uh i'll let dave know and then you can and i'll get it to you kind of give us a heads up yeah of what's, what's let coming you know down. All right. Because we, we can be your best defense a lot of times mm-hmm. as uh, the parents that are out here and grandparents out here. We can actually formulate and start start working to try to uh, try to be your best support systems, and that's what we want to be. But we, we can't be that if we don't know. All right. We've got to take a break. We're, done. We're out of time. If you want to hear more about this, you have to wait a week and hear it on uh, Hammer Show, or I'll get to it next week here on my show. We can do that. Our guest, uh, of course, State Senator Kim Hammer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 